Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome everybody to another edition of Swinging from the Hips. We're up to episode number 17 and today we'll be looking at that first test between England and Pakistan as well as looking forward to the second test that will be starting tonight at the Aegis Bowl. Now, that's going to be starting pretty much after uh, after our show finishes. Now, just a little bit of a change up in the roster tonight. Rohit's taking a, a little bit of a night off, and I'm joined by our Pakistan correspondent, Taz, and uh, show regular Taran, although he's going to be joining us um, a little bit later. So um, just bringing the guys in, or bringing Taz in anyway. How are you doing tonight, Taz? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And how is lockdown version two treating you? Uh, it's not, not too bad. I'm in first day today, so uh, things harder with the kids. Obviously, um, when we had the lockdown earlier, my kid family was overseas. Yep. So more challenging with the kids than it was. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was actually going to ask you: so How many children have you got? I've got three. You got three in yeah. all school age? Uh, no, the younger one is uh, one and a half, but the older yep. two are like five and ten. So how's dad's school going? Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> Bit of a challenge, but yeah. Bit of a challenge. Yeah. Hey, look, um, and now just also as, a, as um, you run your own um, cricket um, equipment company, um, which you're selling globally. Uh, are you doing that from home or do you, do you have a, a shop that you run run that out of? So we do, we are online retailers. So basically yep. I've got like a couple of storages where we store the stuff and then we just dispatch it. So it's online. And mainly, sort of, um, majority of our business is, is in Australia. So yep. we just, like, yeah, obviously use the couriers and just deliver it to Australia. Oh, that's nice. And um, how's, how's, the, how's the actual lockdown um, affecting you, mind you? Is it out of season, so it's not too, too much of yeah, a big we deal? Yeah, we lucky with that. It happened just towards the end of the season over here. We obviously took a hit for our UK business because, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, they missed out good three months of the season. Uh, but it is picking up. So it's weird that Australia, we, we're getting sales in Australia, not much in New Zealand. So. <laughs> <laughs> looking for ambassadors, aren't you? I, I noticed that um, coming up. So uh, <laughs> so look, if you're, if you're looking for some cricket gear, um, head to the website. It's taz.biz and um, you'll see some great cricket bats and also pads, gloves, everything else as well too. So, well, thanks um, for the shout out. 
No, nah, no worries, mate. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. So anything we can help with as well. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, um, look, uh, just I suppose in the uh, absence of Rohit today, I'll be taking through um, this week in cricket history. And uh, to start off with, the 8th of August, there's 1990. New Zealand steadies the ship as Kane Williamson enters the world. So yes, Kane Williamson on the 8th of August in 1990 was born. And in, 20, in 2015... Uh, we seem to have a lot of ashes uh, in this section of our uh, show, but and today's no different. After being on the end of a 5-0 drubbing at the hands of Australia in the previous Test Series, England wrapped up the return ashes with a victory in the last Test in just over two days. Australia capitulated with the quickest innings in Test history of 460 in just 18.3 overs. Now, you'll be, most people sort of be thinking, hang on, didn't New Zealand get... 24 or something and it's just like yes they did but obviously that was over more overs than 18.3 so this was the quickest innings uh, wrapped up um, after that England managed 331 in their first dig and the game was basically never in doubt uh, and Ben Stokes actually picked up a bundle of wickets in that second innings to wrap it all up for them in 1987 on the same day Pakistan's highest test score in history came to an end with 708 at the oval and this ensured that the test was a draw um, but Pakistan actually walked away with a 1-0 win in the series in that situation. And 1914, WG Grace played his last first-class cricket game at the age of 66. It was rather an anticlimactic affair. He didn't get to bat, didn't get to bowl, and the game ended in a draw. Moving along to the 9th of August in 1992, David Gower played his last test innings. Bowled out for one by Wakar Yunus in the second innings. Pakistan went going on to win that test by 10 wickets. Moving on, 10th of August in 2000, another last. There's lots of lasts on tonight's show. <laughs> Hopefully it's not our last show, right? And it was the last day for Sri Lanka's Arjuna Ranatanga, who uh, was 28 not out and helped to draw the test um, against South Africa in 2000. And just going on, this is a great milestone, actually, a massive milestone. 11th of August, 2005, Shane Warne becomes the first bowler to take 600 test wickets. And the 600th victim was Marcus Triscothic. And he was attempting to sweep the ball, managed to hit it off the back of the bat. And uh, finally, Adam Gilchrist got it under control because it hit his thigh, juggled it around, and he finally took the catch. And that was Shane Warne's 600th test wicket. Also, 11th of August, 1965 this time. And Australia's captain during the 1932-33 Bodyline series, Bill Woodfill, passed away. Moving right on to the 12th of August in 1991, we, uh, we saw the end of three of West Indies' greats, or giants of the game that they had. It was Jeff Dujon, Malcolm Marshall, and Viv Richards' last test. It was played against England at the Oval. And unfortunately for them, their last test ended in defeat. But um, it was, actually did mean that they shared the series. So not a total loss, but um, yes, going out on a low note for three greats of the game. And in 86 also, all these things happening in England. New Zealand scored the, only their second test win in England in 33 attempts. There was another strong performance, this time by my favourite player, Richard Hadley getting a 10 for in the match and also scoring 68. With the interesting fact here is two off spinners, both called John, getting the highest scores as John Bracewell scored 110 
and John Embury, 75. But the interesting thing is they also both came in at number eight. So John Embury was in the second innings. I think John Brace was in the first innings. Uh, but uh, New Zealand going on to win that game. And finally, the 13th of August that we come around to. And uh, 2011, after an innings victory, um, uh, after an innings victory uh, over India in Edgbaston, England became the number one test side for the first time since test ranking started in 2003. Neil, 1961, Neil Mallander was born. Now, I'll go over a little bit of Neil Mallander and where he played, but he played in a test match for England, his only test match, and he's got three for 72 and five for 50. And you sort of think, pretty good return for a debut match, you think? Well, that's the only test he played for England. <laughs> so that was a rather quite a bit of a surprise. Now, he did end up coming to New Zealand, and he played quite a few seasons for Otago um, and became a very accomplished umpire as well. And finally, 13th of August, 1975, one of the fastest bowlers of all time is born, and that's Shoab Akhtar. And uh, if we get a chance, we're going to, if we've got some time remaining at the end of the show, we're going to just go over and we'll talk a bit more about Shoab Akhtar. But before we do, Taz, did you ever get to face him? Um, <laughs> just, I think, once in the net. That was probably uh, mid-90s. So I think it was, it was he, he had a reputation of being very quick. But yep. uh, I didn't face him like you know later part of this career where he was actually a lot quicker. Well, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. We back the truck up here. Are you saying he actually got quicker as his uh, no, later I'm, in the career? No, I'm talking about mid '90s. So I think '95, '96, probably. Oh, That's I see. I would have faced him. So it's I was 16 and it was just in the net, so it wasn't yep. anything serious. But yeah, uh, right. what I've heard is like obviously he just got quicker <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> And he oh, was crikey. probably 20 back then. So I think he, he bowled the quickest when he was late 20s. Yep. That's yep. when he was probably the fittest as well. I'm just going to send a quick message to Taryn, sorry, because he's um hasn't come in properly, but we'll just see if uh, we can get him in. Taryn. Sorry about that, people. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Look, and um, yeah, well, I mean, like, so, I mean, I suppose it's still a bit of a highlight for you, isn't it, in terms of the fact that you did get to face one of the greats of the game really yeah i was i mean obviously for for someone like back then obviously we didn't know that he will end up being you know as good he did as he did to, to yep. his, uh, like you know he played for pakistan for a good 13 years yes so, yeah had a successful career yes a fantastic career and as i said we'll try and come back to some of the stats for show up if we get a chance to um later in the show so just moving on to uh this week in uh this week in the sports news of what's happened this week and Ben Stokes will be quarantining in New Zealand after returning home for family reasons, taking him out of the final two tests against Pakistan. I'm just going to try and add Taryn while I just do that. Let's see if he comes in. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem to be coming in too well for him. But anyway, yeah, so basically we'll talk about a replacement for Ben Stokes a little bit later in the show as we go over that first test and then look preview the second test as well. Uh, in Zimbabwe, the five match T20 series against Afghanistan that was scheduled to be held in Harare later this month has been called off in the wake of a spike that they've had in Zimbabwe with COVID-19 infections. So, and moving on, IPL has lost their title sponsor Vivo for 2020. They've pulled out. They actually signed a five-year contract back in 2017. Um, so they've pulled out of that. Their BCCI president, Surav Ganguly, has said, it's not a financial crisis, it's just a little bit of a blip 
on the landscape there for, in terms of the finances. So we'll see what happens. Now, the Indian government has also given the BCCI the go-ahead to play the IPL in the UAE. I didn't realise they had to get a, the BCCI had to get a note from the government to let them play. <laughs> so that was rather interesting. But um, apparently the government also had some concerns over Vivo pulling out uh, their sponsorship and the, um, obviously the dollars going with it. Ross Taylor is speaking from the Caribbean, is uh, where he is currently for really getting ready for the CPL. Uh, has said he's not sure if he'll make it to the T20 World Cup, which will be played in India in 2021. He says the older you get, you slow down, but your trainings and experience and your mind do become even more important. Taylor will be playing for the Guyana Amazon Warriors there while in the CPL. Uh, and finally, just a New Zealand cricket has set plans in motion for a full summer of cricket later this year. Now, the countries they expect to play host to this year will be West Indies, Pakistan, Australia, and Bangladesh. Over 37 days of summer cricket this year. Now, David uh, White, the chief executive of NZC, said he was confident of setting up bio bubbles that are similar to what's happening in England at the moment with West Indies and our Pakistan playing there. And we're making tremendous progress um, on the with talking to these countries about getting them over. Now, there is a little bit of a spanner on the works that we've just noticed in the last few days. We'll be having to see what level we're at and where we've come out of these uh, level three and level four before we get to play. Um, any cricket, won't we, uh, there, Taz? It's like, there's no guarantees that we're going to have a summer of cricket. Yeah, you never know. Obviously, with the second wave, and apparently there will be a third wave as well. So, I mean, let's <laughs> just keep our fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, absolutely. Hopefully, we can uh, eliminate it for the second time and uh, we can get back to playing sports. Because it was actually, it was, it was, I mean, the fact that New Zealand has been able to have sporting events with crowds has actually been quite great, but quite good. Yeah, and we've got a lot of media attention around the world on that, which was uh, pretty good to yeah be in New Zealand, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, and just so the biggest event that actually happened this week was probably you know because we like talking about live cricket and cricket games is that that first test at Old Trafford between England and Pakistan. Pakistan looking to have wrapped it up at one stage on day four before they saw Butler and Wokes snatch it right out of their hands. But let's take it back to. Um, day one, and um, well, actually, before we take it back to day one, what are your initial thoughts about that first test? Yeah, I think Pakistan obviously got uh, got lucky with Anderson not in the best uh, of the rhythm, and mm -hmm. uh, obviously there was a drop catch of his bowling, but that makes a huge difference because if you lose early wickets, so I think Pakistan starting off really well, not losing any wicket in the first hour, yep. and that sort of set the sort of um, I think for Pakistan, that uh, pretty much set it up. Um, we were not, I wasn't personally expecting a lot of runs from Shan Masood because I think last time in England, he struggled, especially against Anderson. So he kind yeah. of batted longer. And uh, so, I mean, like the three guys we were expecting runs from, uh, two of them didn't really kick on. So yeah. Asad Shafiq, Barbarazam, and uh, who's the third one? Uh, I'll just bring it up. Oh, what's happened there? Then my, my scoreboard's gone a bit. Actually, we'll, we'll move on to the old school, but I'll bring it up so that uh, we can talk to it. There we go. So, the captain, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. The captain. Don't forget yeah, the captain. Yeah. <laughs> so we were expecting some runs or resilience from those three, and um, unfortunately, two of them failed. So mm. if you look at the scorecard out of top six, I mean, only two guys actually went on to pass 50. And yep. uh, 
And I guess like both the teams, not just Pakistan, I think England's top five also struggled. So yeah, um, I guess it's uh, one of those those wickets where sort of uh, maybe it's better easier to bat with the older ball. But Pakistan so, should have won it from the position they were in, you know. Absolutely. So we'll take it back to I said we'll take it back to uh, day one. And Shan Masood, we had talked about the fact that we were looking for Baba Azam to um, sort of take the lead in that, but ends up being one of the newer players. I would, he is one of the newer players at scoring 156 um, and really anchoring the innings there for Pakistan because without his score, things could have been quite different. Yeah, kind of like it, it obviously gives it away that it's sort of a track where you have to bet time to score runs mm-hmm. and the runs just won't come naturally like like usually it does on, on, on certain surfaces. Uh, he did score two back-to-back hundreds though leading up to this game, but that's almost like I think a few maybe eight months ago, seven months ago. Right. So yep. um, there was a huge gap in between. Um, and he, as I said, like last time around, he struggled. I think he, he faced Anderson. Of, out of 60 balls, he faced off Anderson. Anderson got him out five or six times last tour. So he's improved, uh, obviously. And he, I think he just showed how how to bet on a track where you sort of, you know, you just need to bet time. And he's yep, faced 319 yeah. balls. Uh, that's and then huge. I think... For a and going back to a co- in yeah, and, and to come back to a comment that you made, you know, it, it's sort of like it's definitely a pitch that you had to spend time on to score your runs uh, slowly, sort of thing. And that's sort of highlighted by that, as you said, in that first hour, Pakistan didn't lose a wicket, or they, you know, did, did, you know, did, got themselves settled and not a good flurry, not a flurry of wickets on the first day. So definitely a sign that you had to spend time out there. Yeah, and and Barbara. Uh, uh, Abid Ali looked limited with his technique and eventually got out to Arches on a fuller ball where he didn't go forward too. But again, like it was, he was trying, you know, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't like uh, an unforced error. Like he obviously sort of, he tried to bet time as well. He's nat- natural stroke maker, but yep. he kind of, uh, obviously he wanted to t- bet time as well. So um, I think the openers kind of did their job, but not losing any wicket in the first hour to set right. the tone for Pakistan. And and then so moving moving on and it's just like you had that obviously a great partnership effectively forming between Masood and um, Baba Azam and it looked like oh things are going quite well and sort of the wheels fell off a little bit I mean it, it, just just for that short period really isn't it Yeah I mean he obviously there was overnight um, I think Azam was around six uh, he was at sixty nine not out so yep. I think that probably didn't help because if um, we didn't lose the time on day one. And these mm. two would have batted for a little bit better. longer. You never know. Uh, it would first, have been like, like, you know, he's batted for like, what, 106 balls. But like next morning, you, that's your first ball. You know, it's a different day. So <laughs> different... Uh, I guess keeping that in mind, uh, maybe that's that's what uh, sort of, um, that's where sort of Babar Azam struggled. Like, you know, obviously he, he thought, well, he's still on 69 not out. But that was from the night before, you know. <laughs> so he kind of played a casual drive and then got, got himself out. It's always like you're starting again on that second day, isn't it? I mean, any day you turn up, that with yeah. the first first ten overs, you're starting again, like you've basically gone out there for the first time. And Babur was scoring freely on day one, so I guess like he thought, well, just he'll just carry on. I'll just from carry on. He was, you know. And, well, I mean, uh, highlighted yeah, by his strike case. rate. Yeah, his strike rate was 65, which is not bad for a, a um, you know a first day basically starting off the test. Yeah, he scored a few boundaries and that's where probably he, he saw the ball sort of 
a little bit fuller and slightly wider, and he just went after it because uh, he he's the one who would score. He will score boundaries. Like he yep. he sort of scores a lot of boundaries, and uh, I guess he thought like you know maybe that's the ball to go after, you know. <laughs> and Anderson, being Anderson, obviously uh, trapped him and got him out. Yes, and it's uh, just finally got the ball um, to just do a little bit. Now, one thing we did talk about last week is the fact is that obviously there are um, there isn't the strength in the tail. So the runs are going to have to be scored at the top of the order, aren't they? So there is a lot more pressure in terms of the top five to actually convert some scores. Yeah, I mean, usually you will see like teams play with six batsmen and then the mm. keeper bats at seven. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, Rizwan, relatively new to test cricket at least, um, yep. he's batting at six. So, I mean, probably technically good, tra- technically strong enough to bat at six. The only yep. thing is the experience he doesn't have. So if you're playing with five batsmen and and have to be honest here like you know um like Abid Ali and Azhar Ali technically are not that great like you know in a, you know sort of on, in these conditions anyways so yep. they have to bat out of their skin to you know sort of they have to come with the strategy either come outside the crease or um or maybe just open up a little bit in, in Azhar Ali's case um open up a little bit so that he doesn't miss the ones coming straight onto his pads yeah right yep Oh, look, we've got Taryn again. I'll get him to. I'll add him in there. Evening, Eric, Taryn. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just um just going on to a radio show. Oh, hang on. I'll just uh... yeah, yeah. I'll give you a call back. Yeah, yeah. I'll text you back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him text. We'll get let him finish his call. <laughs> Evening, Taryn. How are you doing? I've sorted it out. You sorted out. Man of many skills. I um rebooted my laptop. That's what it was. Oh. <laughs> and you're on the phone to IT services as we as as we got you in. Yeah, they said press uh, press the power button, hold for three seconds. <laughs> now, look, welcome, and it's great to have you on the show. We've just basically um, got been going through the first day. We've spoke in the top order there, um, so we're just moving on. In terms of just something that you just we're just talking about now, how do, do you think? I've said they've obviously. Do you think they should be having a number six batter? And obviously, we'll come into that for the second test and where they should select. Are they short? Were they short a batter in that first test? Taz, you two, you, is that where yeah. you're at at the moment? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we discussed it before. So I guess like Pakistan just wanted to play two spinners on a dry surface and Shadab yeah. Khan being like an all rounder. All rounder. So probably put him in. But like, if you're looking at like um, Tan, we were talking about uh, like obviously. I, I was saying last week that probably um, Pakistan's one of the inexperienced or the weakest batting lineup in England, uh, from what I can remember in the last twenty years. You know, um, yeah. like um, Shan Masood scored runs, so he's he's a certain. But Abid Ali's, you know, not too sure about him. And then um, then you've got basically Babar Azam, Asif Shafiq, yeah, and Azhar Ali, and Azhar Ali being not in the best of form, so you. You pretty yeah. much rely on two uh, Babar Azam and Asad Shafiq. So yeah, do you I think, think that's a thin batting? I, uh, look, I can I Ashwin, can you show us the second innings bowling figures? Second innings bowling figures for yeah, for, for England. So England yeah, yeah, so England's um, batting in the second. England's innings. batting. Okay. Well, we're racing ahead. We'll kill the time. I'll tell you what. There we go. This will be my justification for what I'm going to say. No, I so, go for it. Go for it. Is it so yeah, that's what so, you're after there? Yeah. So, Taz, if you look at um, 
Um, shut up, Khan batting at seven. Yeah. I know one test is not a big sample size, but for your on a day five, you're defending 277, you've got enough to play with. I don't think Shadab Khan justified his inclusion. Yeah, I mean, having, that's Having really been given eight overs you know, to be bold shows he actually probably in spin and still confidence on the captain. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, because spin, spin bowling is all about the, like, you know, obviously the confidence, especially from the captain. And, and it looked mm. like, like, um, Shadab was probably more, more used as a batsman who could bowl. But I mean, to be honest, like Azar Ali could have done half a job. He could have bowled eight exactly. overs for less than that. You know, he's not a yeah. bad league spinner. So uh, I'm not too sure because um, Islamabad United team, like, you know, um, Misbah Haq is the coach, head coach there and Shadab is the captain. So they might have a good relationship and he might think that like he can trust, like, you know, he probably thinks that Shadab is a better player than we think, you know? Yeah, and, and I'm, uh, I have no doubt because I saw a headline on Crick Info that said um, he's a very special package. And I saw Vasi Makram, I think, saying all those guys that questioned the second spinner inclusion, that's why, etc. However, I think, um, well, not that it's our job, but you've got to be very careful and be able to differentiate between a white, white ball skill and red ball skill. It's a completely yep. different skill set and the mindset is very different. I, and look, I agree. And, and that's where... That's where they're getting their wires crossed. Yeah, I, I think that that's where they probably got it wrong with Hassan Ali as well. They got him into the test team and then he lost his white ball form as well. With Shadab, I think he was he was giving too many sort of he was bowling one day one day channels, basically. Mm. So it's easy mm. to sort of score runs off in terms of taking ones and stuff. Mm. Uh, whereas like sort of um and, and he is not he hasn't got that much experience either. So I don't think Azarali yeah. really trusted him. Yeah. To to bowl him like uh, sort of uh, with an attacking field. Another thing with Azali, like I think he had a. I know it's your league spinner. You probably know better than I would. But <laughs> no, Azali I had a sweeper for Root Joe Root early on with Yasser Shah. I personally don't. I think that's defensive, and he's gone more defensive in certain at certain times where it wasn't even needed. And yeah. I, I I think that probably sort of. Um, shifts the momentum when you're giving easy singles where people have to sort of, if, if Yasucha bowls a bad ball, it should go for four rather than one. But on the other hand, when the field up, you know, yeah. he creates more chances as well. Yeah, see, I don't think, I don't think you, see, that's the thing. I don't think you could pin that on Azrali. Yasucha is, I think he's 33 or 35 years of age or between that age bracket. And he's yeah. played about 40 odd test matches, right? And the man's got close to 200 test wickets, I think. I mean, well, yes. he's got 220 artists with. He should know what he wants field wise. It should never be. It, it's literally a case of Azrali going, here you go, boss. Yeah. Here's your turn. Tell me what you need, or you set your field. I'm going to first look. And that'll be it. But I mean, look, I mean, on the other hand, like, you know, if, if a bowler is going over defensive, you would. But what I'm saying oh, yeah, is, that's, just, when, yeah, that's when you'll you come know, in you and can't, you can't bring it up, that. you know. Yeah, yeah, you can say, yeah. And, but, I mean, Mizbah used to be quite defensive captain as well. So, I don't know if that's his style of coaching as well, that he, he wants to be safe before he sort of goes, goes for the kill. But then that goes against that goes against playing two spinners, that you can't go any more attacking than picking two leg spinners. Oh, I, I, I think he's, he's been picked more for being an, as an all-rounder. And he did yeah. bat well in the first inning, you know? If he plays as an all-rounder, I think Shadab Khan would be no more than a bit part bits and pieces cricketer in test cricket 
Yeah. You know, cool. if he plays as an all-rounder, I just yeah. yeah. Uh, who would who would have replaced him if it wasn't for Shadab So Khan? there were two options. There was one guy called Kashif Bhatti, uh, 34 years of age, left-arm orthodox, bats yeah. at seven and eight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of experience. Or you could have gone with Fawad Alam batting at six. And, and use he, it as he bowls. I mean, he's bowled more than, I think he's bowled 7,000 uh, first-class overs. So, yeah. So and I, like, I played against him. So, so he's not a like he's not his he won't be a frontline spinner, but he can do a job. He came here in 2009 and he was one of the frontline spinners. He was a frontline all rounders. Okay. I played against him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know why they're not picking him, to be honest. I would yeah. Just, 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 I'll just jump in for a sec. I mean, we've talked about they took in two effectively frontline spinners in. We talked about last week where Yasha, um, sorry, um, Azar Ali. Actually, was a spin bowler who converted into a batter. Yes. Sh- should shouldn't as a, especially as a captain, shouldn't he roll to the arm over a bit as well? And and I mean, he's he's obviously was a skilled practitioner as a spin bowler. Yeah, I think with leg spin bowling, you need the volume and you need the sort of form. So I don't know how much bowling he has done off late, but mm. like he can do a part time job, and if it works well, then he probably you know sort of bowls a bit more. But like a finger spinner, like like say someone like Fawad Alam, would have bowled a few overs, and he would probably would have bowled as many overs as uh, Shadab Khan has. But he would have batted at six, and probably sort of you know your frontline batsman. Yeah, I watched so, um, I watched some of it, and I kind of I really like Mohammad um, uh, Rizwan. I think it was hard done by when Safras was around, and not doing a lot. So I think. That's a solid keeper there. And I, I would have no problems with him batting at six. Yeah. But, yeah, I just... And, wow, oh, look, it's very tough. Well, the thing is, like, Darren, that makes Pakistan's tail quite long. Yeah. Uh, basically, well, 9, 10, and 11, Pakistan has three number 11s, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and if you look at if you look at the runs, I was just looking, at, looking it up. And, uh, I mean, England's got, like, Broad batting at 10. He's got a test 100. Yeah, and yeah. he's had a bit of a resurgence with the way he bats. Yeah, you know he's had a bit of a say. He's actually playing, um, like Wagner or Shane Warne did. You know, he's just going after it because you know he had a period where he was just a walking wicket. Yeah. You bowled him a bouncer, you bowled him a full one, he was out. Yeah. So, now so was that Stuart Broad? Yeah, you're talking, yeah. yeah, Stuart Broad. Yeah. Basically, when he came down to Australia for an Ashes series, and he got absolutely worked over. And he came into that series as an all-rounder, and he left as basically just a bowler. And no, no, and, I, I, and, and no. basically, well, he was just so broken down by the Australian bowlers. I mean, and with the um, he got he got a lot of short bowl, uh, bowling at him. Now he got hit in the head. There was one where he got in the head, hit in the head, yep. and he never recovered from that. I think that was actually back in England um, that he got hit in the head. Yeah. I was just reading about it today. But there's also yeah. the that tour down under was uh, I think he got hit in the head, and then he came down the tour down under and obviously just got a barrage of short pitch bowling at him <laughs> to sort of even undermine that confidence even more. And he seems to be coming out of it again. Well, yeah, like he's obviously worked out a way to actually just score runs for the little short period of time he is there. And quick runs too. Bailed him out. He's bailed them out a few times where West Indies got on top of them as well. And he scored some runs at the back end and just kind of pulled the game away from them. Yep, that's right. Uh, 
and he's, yeah, so, he's betting at nine or ten, you know. Yeah. And Archer yeah. can hold a bet. I mean, Archer's like he's got. You're like, missing if you if you really look at it, you're probably missing a Hafiz. Like your top six, no one yes. bowls in Pakistan. If somebody like that bowled and who's a frontline spinner in in their own right, then you could potentially have your keeper at seven. Yasser Shah at eight is a really good eight. He's got a test hundred, hasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, if you look at his stats, he's he, he just like, you know, he plays aggressively. Got so if you look at even like sort of um, like number eight uh, in general, like, you know, if you yeah, look at Vittori batted at yeah. eight, Vittori batted at eight for New Zealand for a long time. So yeah. number eights are like generally who can who are, who can be consistent, you know. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Yasser would be ideal number nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you need like sort of, but Pakistan's got like three, like last three wickets are just walking wickets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and those those from, 40 runs make a huge difference. Yeah. You've gone from having an Abdul Rasak at eight or Azam Mahmood at eight to having yeah. a Yasser Shah at eight. Yeah, so huge difference. Like, even if you look yeah. at his first class batting, like sort of, you know. Yeah, and even if they don't score runs, if you think of people like Lynn McGraw or Jason Gillespie or even Ishan Sharma, right? They hang around time and allow someone else to score the runs. And yeah. this is nothing at the moment. It, like you say, just a walking wicket. But if you've got a batsman, say top order batsman on 80 or 90 or 100 at one end, yeah. 8, 9, 10 and 11 from Pakistan, I don't think there will be a lot of help. Yeah. From the other end? You're not going to see him through to 100. Well, no, I think... I think 8, 9, 10, 11, plus one batter, ideal world, there's, they talk about 100 runs is what yeah. you should look to contribute. So one said batter and the last four should contribute 100 runs. Yeah. So just moving on to the English bowling attack, um, obviously in that first lineup, concerns around Jimmy Anderson in terms of his form at all? Oh, as you take that one. <laughs> yeah, like I guess that? like... He had a drop catch of his bowling uh, early on in the second innings, I think. And it was yeah. second over or third over. Um, I think he needs that sort of breakthrough if you uh, know, I, sort of to get back into it. Uh, but yeah, overall, he's... I think his length wasn't like he just started bowling fractionally short and at that pace, like, you know, on a dry wicket, guys will just punch him on the back foot. Right. Um, yeah, so I guess like he just, um, I mean, apparently there's a bit more bounce at Southampton, so he can probably get away with floating it up and then getting some some bounce there but he needs early wicket say if you don't if he doesn't get wicket first spell it, it's it will be a long day for him you know mm. but he's very similar to abbas isn't he but even quicker at least he's a little bit quicker abbas you kind of worry for him with yeah, the yeah. i think different bowlers because he shapes it yeah so you can just see what the ball's gonna do as soon as it leaves his hand like you know in the air yeah, you can see what he's doing with Abbas, he bowls with a wobbly seam, so it just wobbles and then just goes both ways. With, okay. with Anderson, when he's trying to bring it in, you can just see the change in action or him going wide of the crease. Yeah, he yeah. gives it away. Yeah. Whereas Anderson, sort of like obviously great outswing bowler, and he just you know he just so accurate that he doesn't need a lot more a lot of variation, you know. Yeah. One one person, um, Dom Bess. Yeah. How do you think? Because um, he's he's been bowling a lot of overs. I mean, two wickets he's got, both for unforced errors. Batsman just tried to slog sweep him, you know, or like you know, gone gone after him. Um, yeah. And he's batting at eight. Apparently, he's a decent bat too. So, do you think that like um, 
they can probably do with a swing bowler there. Like someone like with Lift Armour, what's his name? Um, oh, Sam Curran. Sam Curran, and then he, he he's a great number eight as well. Who's going to bowl spin then? Oh, I don't know. Joe Root, probably. Joe Root? <laughs> yeah. Nah. I mean, if you look at if you look at the West Indian um, series, he he got some crucial wickets. He got some very crucial hits. It's all been one-pers, but I'm pretty sure he got, just as the game kind of starts getting on an even footing, like a spinner on a non-turning track you'd expect you know it's one or two between the 60 to 80 over or between 40 to 80 mark where you wait away for 20 overs but don't, don't you think one, england would have a better option there like in terms of is he the best spin bowler in england because there's a left be. arm spinner what's his name jack leach i think he's got health issues or something oh, okay but and this then there's boy, Moin Ali, so i think yeah i mean there's two options there Moya, yeah, Moina, these Red Bull kind of fell off the radar, right? Like he started yeah. becoming a bit on and off. But yes. um, Bess gives me the impression that he's more of a lad. He kind of fits the mold. You know, he looks yeah. like a nice Englishman and just, just no, but he just looks like he fits the mold. You know what I mean, Taz? Like he just, fits yeah, yeah. But mold. I mean, look, he's taken seven wickets in last, I think, five or four test matches, um, average of 44. And he's not, he's he's handy with the bat, but he's not like there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah nice so, Facebook game, mate. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, um, maybe they, they see something in him which we don't, and he might come become better with the time. I think he was successful in South Africa. Okay, with the bounce and turn. Yeah, and then I still think in the West Indies as well, because I, I watched quite a bit of the West Indies ones, and I was going, how are you getting out to him? How are you getting out to him? Why are you getting out to him? But why are you getting out to him? Yeah, <laughs> like he continues to kind of get breakthroughs, I which mean, is for, for my, like what I've seen in Pakistan innings is like he for for a finger spinner he bowls too many bad balls. Yeah, you know, just just my how I take it, and I, I assume that they he's there would be someone better than him in England, you know. Yeah, <laughs> who did he get? Who did he get in the first inning? I think um, someone oh, tried to. It's a, it's a Khan. He got yeah. shut up, Khan. Yeah. Up, Khan. See, see how he got him out? Yeah, scroll down. Scroll down. That red thing. You click that red thing uh, uh, oh. after shut up's dismissal. Up, go up, up, up. You know, we caught root. That, that, press that one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, I got you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> swipe through the, a wild swipe through the line. So, both the wickets he got the same manner. Yeah. So, Hang on, I mean, Skipper's a genius. Shut up, desires to get school board moving proves his undoing. Yeah. <laughs> so Pakistan is a, a pretty much, you know, sort of taking it easy and just going after him when they can, you know? Yeah, but then that that's pretty poor, though. Like, if you scroll down and look at the fall of wickets, yeah. the timing of Shut up's dismissal, yeah. there, 6 for 281 from, so they've just had a 100-run partnership for him to then throw his wicket away when, yeah. I remember um, someone like a I hate going back to stories I've heard, but Gareth Hopkins used to say when he sees a poor bowler, he never hit him out of the attack. He just kept getting singles off him so the guy stayed on for longer so he could keep <laughs> accumulating his runs. And wait for the bad ball and put that away. And he said, like, if I keep smashing him, if I took 15 off him, he won't come back on and bowl again. Then I have to deal with the fast bowlers. He's <laughs> like, I'll just so, keep making him look good to go at threes and get my 30 runs in the next 10 overs. 
So who would you leave out? Like, so, I mean, and if sort of Stokes is out, so I think Zach Crawley, the guy who scored some runs in the first test match against West Indies, he comes in for him, I assume. So um, you keep I the would, bowling the same? Nah, see, I would, because you need bowling. I would be tempted because I believe Vokes is very good. I would bring in Sam Curran, as you said, and push everyone up. Uh, so, so you, you want Vokes to bat at six? Yeah, or no, even Butler goes up. That's too hard. Right, no, Butler goes Where's uh, Butler? I, I think, I think um, Tez is on the right track. They'll, they'll, bring in, they'll bring in Zach Crawley. They'll bring in Zach Crawley. He'll bat at three. That means Root gets to bat where he wants to at four. Oh, so it's all about the captain, not the team, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it? Where's, where's, Butler, where's Butler batting now? Six. Yeah, so... Hang on. I'll bring up the, the uh, English scoreboard. Hang on one moment. There yeah. we go. So What's if you Pope up, Pope Root can go at three. Pope stays there. Pope can go to five or oh, four. Pope would go four. Pope four, Butler six. Oh, hang on. Butler six, Vogue seven, Sam Curran eight, Best nine, Archer no. That doesn't work. No, no, you're right. Wokes is going to have to end up being like at about five or six. Butler's going to be Butler's going to be five, and then Wokes is going to be six. Wokes at six, yeah. Current mm. seven. So the thing is, like, um, Wokes had a good innings. Obviously, he batted really well. I mean, but, he's better like, than Shadab. He's not. He's not. He's not number six though. But he's better than Shadab at seven. Yeah, in a no, comparison. he's definitely he's definitely better. What I'm saying is, like, you know, he's there will be more bounce at South, Southampton. So yeah. um, people will work him out. I mean, I I, I don't yeah. know why Pakistan didn't bowl him a lot of bounces. You yeah. know, he, he backs away. I mean, like, you can see that he's backing away. So I well, think Pakistan yeah. would have a better plan for him with a bit more oh, bounce. Actually, yeah, you know what? I'm really sorry. I didn't realize they were still carrying three quicks. So even if you bring in a batter, you'll yeah. still end up with four seamers anyway. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you've yeah. got both Archer, Broad, and Anderson. So, yep. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't So know. you get a front-line batter. You get a front-line yeah. batter. Crawley comes back. So in. Zach Crawley, yeah. What about I, I, um, I would leave. Uh, I really want to see the same openers back. Yep. Very cool. Um, I'd like. I think the onus falls on Abid Ali and uh, no, Azhar Ali to do something. He's the captain. Yep. He's the leader. He has to front up. Like he has to do something. You can't rely on. You can't be like an old India, where it's Endoka or Kohli. You know, with Baba Azam doing everything. Yeah, I think with with him, like he got LB in the last warm up game, both innings to Sohail Khan, and then he got LB in both these innings. I was watching the, his dismissal, and like Chris Wokes basically didn't swing the ball; he just went wide of the crease and bowled a full and straight ball, and just like you know. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't know if he, apart from Archer, none of the bowlers are will hurry him up if he even stands outside the crease. At least you know, he's just uh, falling over in the crease. He's moving. Uh, the the dismissal I saw. It looks like he's on the move. He's a bit late because I think he's sitting for the short one. It's like he's sitting back, and he gets surprised with the full one. Yeah, but he's almost like going towards extra cover. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. moving across. Moving yeah. Across. So I mean, if he's and he's looking that. for a pull, he opens up and like set himself up for that. Yeah. So I mean, but the thing is, like you know. One of the ball didn't even swing and still hit him full on pads and was like 130 something k. So it wasn't like super quick. 
He's got he a just, 200, eh? He had, yeah. I mean, he scored. He scored runs. He scored runs in England. He scored runs everywhere. So yeah, no I used to really like. Yeah, he's, he's such a compare him and Asad Shafiq needs to score runs. You know, like those like barbarisms there. Don't worry about Abid Ali. I don't know how much how old he is, but he's obviously new in the international he's space. He's 33, yeah. <laughs> new in the international space, and he looks compact enough as an opener. Hey, right. but before we go too much into the second test, I want to cover off one issue though, and and it's basically in terms of the last day, it was conversation reports sort of thing. Azar Ali too conservative, too defensive in terms of that final day and the way that he managed the bowling lineup. Let's. What went wrong for Pakistan on that final day when they're in a position at a, basically at about 150 for five, one wicket away from really probably putting pressure on that they would have tipped the rest of the lineup off, and then as as was reported before, Butler and Wokes really just sort of took the game away from them. What did Azhar Ali do wrong, or what could he have changed? I think the ball was obviously by that time the ball was old enough. So that's one thing. Um, and then both Butler and Vokes are like stroke makers. Pakistan, I don't think Pakistan bowled badly. I think it's the like what we were talking about earlier was the strategy. Um, you know, sort of when you don't, I mean, you've got 100 runs, for example, to defend and you open up the field. So you're giving away singles, more singles than not. But what happens there is that shift, shifts the momentum. Mm-hmm. I personally Absolutely. think that you should mm-hmm. attack. You need five wickets. They basically need two wickets, you know. Um, they needed two wickets, they did, I reckon. Instead yep. of giving easy singles uh, here and there, you should just attack and then just, you know, just hope, you know, hope for the best. Because uh, Vokes, from my knowledge, um, had a really poor run leading up to that game. So it's not like he was informed batsman, but England sort of um, took a gamble and batted him at seven and he it paid off. But uh, from, from my understanding, I think um, it was defensive captaincy that probably... But, I mean, it's not just Azarali. It would have been from the coaches as well. Waka Yunus is sitting out there. And then, um, so we've got, like, guys with a lot of experience. So, um, not too sure uh, why they didn't work out that Vogue struggles on short ball, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. You're right. It's not just the captain out there. I mean, unless the captain's got 100 test matches under his belt, you're getting messages coming from the dressing room, aren't you? Yeah. No, especially if you're an Asian country. Especially if you're an Asian country. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're every coach from there will be sending enough messages. Yeah. 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 But, um, um, oh, look, I, it's a tough one because when it, you would think when they're 5 for 150, the most dangerous bowling unit in the world is probably Pakistan with an old ball. And a leg spinner in their team. Yeah, two leg spinners. <laughs> two leg spinner. Well, I don't really count Shadav as a red ball leg spinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Yasser Shah and three bowlers or a country proven to have expertise in reversing the ball or not, or swinging, doing something with the old ball. There's no one better than Pakistan that can do that. Right? So that was surprising that they weren't able to produce more chances with an older ball as Seamus. And that Oli Pope dismissal showed that there was a little bit in the wicket to be able to kind of um, put doubts in a batsman's mind, which would should have made them a bit tentative. You almost given... needed um, Wagner-style bowling, like, you know? Yeah. Like, on that like pitch, where across Seamus, a lot of short ones, so some of them will go through, some of them will pop up. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, or your I just classic sort of, whole plan style reverse swing stuff. Just kind of hone in. Yeah, I think that the, the best reverse swing guy in Pakistan team right now would be Sohail Khan. So, but he's he's taken two fifers in both the warm up games, and yeah. he's the one who missed out in the first test. So, with the old ball, he's probably your best bet for Pakistan to reverse the ball and take a few wickets. And he yeah. obviously, I, I think he might be included in, at, at expense of one of the young quickies. So, give them a break and get him in. He's your genuine reverse swing bowler. Yeah. Do you think that some of the, I mean, like COVID restrictions are meaning that they aren't being able to work on the ball to enable the reverse string, uh, you reverse swing to happen? Were they getting um, reverse swing? Yeah, it's uh, to be honest, like Pakistan, none of these bowlers are known for reverse swing. These the, the three quick, quick we we're talking about. Um, mm. With reverse swing, definitely would have made a slight difference that they're not allowed to, like, obviously shine it the way they used to. Yes, but um, you, you've got to keep it dry as well. So I think in a way that the conditions at Manchester were probably ideal. If mm. someone had to reverse it, that's probably your best best bit. But uh, as I said, like, you know, Swail Khan probably is one of the better reverse swing bowlers. What does he bowl? What's his pace at? What's his pace? So he he would be bowling between on average he would be around 135, but his action so like and his, his 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 action is um, he's into the dig bowler though. So yeah. and he took he's probably in form as well because he took two fifers yeah. in the last two warm up games. Got Azumi out in both ends. I'm I'm not I I I've seen the record or track record and the ability of Muhammad Abbas. Right, I think he's yeah whatever he is you he's. Can't leave him out. He's fantastic for yeah. what he does. Yeah. But because he does not have express pace, you're forced to pick Nassim Shah, who I'm not convinced with. Not yet. I'm not convinced. Yes, he's got pace. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But we will all agree that pace is only one thing at that level. At first class, yes, it's everything. But at the international, it's only one thing. He's still got to stick enough balls in you the right do area. Something with it. Yeah, or even just be there and thereabouts. Have a way. Like Wagner, he's not quick, but he's got a method to his madness. Yeah. You know, jo unless you're Joffre Archer, that's steeple bounce. Some of those balls he gets next level. Yeah. So I'd not sold on Nassim Shah, but if you bring in a Sohel Khan who's only 135, yes, I'm sure he's lion-hearted and he can go hard for a long period. Yeah. All your pace falls on one kid who's very young, which is mm -hmm. Shin Sahin Afridi. I just wonder if that's something that's holding them back. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, if you look at experience, so the three seamers together would have experience of twenty less than 25 test matches. Mm. You know, that's not, like, you know, the, the game, like, at Manchester needed someone with more experience. Yeah, you but know? then you've got Waka, who's 200, what, 150 tests sitting on the sideline. You should think the message Yeah, exactly, exactly. Boring, that's right? what I'm saying. But, like, um, like in, terms of, in terms of bowling with the old ball, how much these guys have bowled with the old ball. Like Abbas is a great new ball bowler or semi-new ball bowler, but after 50 overs, how much you get out of him on the track, which is slow, because he's operating yeah. around mid-20s. Mid yeah. So so I personally think that they should risk either, uh, probably risk um, Nassim Shah and get um, Sohail Khan in. And he's a, he can hit a ball, so he's your number, he's a better number nine in terms of with the bat as well. Yeah. I think they should do that. Then I think, and I don't think this move will happen, but I think Fawad Alam should probably come in for Sharab Khan. Yeah, and bat at six. 
and bat at six, and then push um, thing down, Rizvan down Rizvan, to seven. Yeah. And just give a, he's obviously got a fantastic record. And I know, I don't know if I spoke to you or, or if I was reading an article that all, a lot of his runs have come on some flatter tracks in Pakistan or something like that, or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, uh, he's been he's been doing it for so long, though. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so he will work it he, out. Like, like even Sengakara, if four runs on flat tracks, you still yeah, have Sengak to have the ability and Sengakara's stance in Australia and Sengakara's stance in Sri Lanka was different. You know, yeah. he, he, changed, he made slight adjustments. So... You know, you never know. But for what Alam, he might make some certain adjustments to certain pitches, and he might score runs. Yeah. So just, just, just to answer off um, the question from JD Khan, is that so? Why didn't Pakistan pick Fawad Alam? Uh, look, there. I mean, whenever this ask, question is asked to the coach, um, they will come up with something, you know. And uh, I mean, the last time, the last excuse was that, like, you know, obviously um, they back uh, Shadab Khan to obviously. Um, I mean, they back Shadab Khan to score runs and take wickets. Whereas yep. uh, Fawad Alam's bowling, I I think at, at the Red Bull, they both they, Fawad Alam can do the do a job as well with the ball if needed. So, uh, but I think the coach um, obviously um, there's something with Misbal Haq because when he was captain, Fawad Alam didn't play either. So <laughs> I don't know if there's something. Uh, but I mean, Fawad Is there Alam, anything there? a good team man. Good Is team there anything man, there? Any historical stuff there, or no? This one I'm saying Shadab Khan. Shadab Khan is uh, not Shadab. Sorry, Fawad Alam is a, an awesome guy. This I, I haven't heard anything bad about him from anybody in Pakistan. So I don't think there's a personality clash. He's not a sort of a guy who would have a personality clash with um, seniors. So I'm not sure. Uh, but I mean, now we're getting to a stage where like you can't find a reason not to play him. You know. I I even I started. I mean, this is now starting to get a a little bit more around the team side of things, right? It must be hard when they're constantly chopping and changing players as well to get like a balance to have the same people and have like a bit of a flow around how people think and how things work. You know, the names constantly keep changing and the form, the formulas and the formations and everything's always changing. Even within the squad. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, like, look, some of sometimes it's like the three things, right? So either your form, you're out of form, you get dropped, you get yeah. injured, or you're in the queue ahead of like, you know, you're in the queue and guys ahead of you are too good. So Pakistan were quite lucky in 2000s when they had Muhammad Yusuf, Yunus Khan, Inzamam Haq in the middle order. And the yeah. three like giants of the gang. So um, around that time, there not that many middle order batsmen got in. Even Ms. Balhaq had to wait for his turn, you know. Uh, whereas Pakistan struggled for openers for the last 20 years since after, I mean, say, Danwar, I don't think Pakistan has had sort of consistent uh, sort of opening opening partners. We had like, you know, Imran Farah, Tofiq Umar, and then y Yasser Hamid and a lot of guys in coming and going up. So I guess like if guys are not scoring runs, it's hard to keep them in the team. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Shan Masood, they've given him a good run and I think it is paying off. Um, Where's Imran? Abid Ali, Where's now he's Imran 33. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, like, um, like last game, Pakistan had five guys sitting out. Four of them were 33 plus. Yeah. <laughs> out of 16. So. <laughs> hey, but there's nothing wrong with that. Look at Mike Hussey. Look at Chris Rogers. Look at Adam Voges. Maybe it's an Australian wave. They're making them earn their stripes. 
Well, that's what they get out they, there. They, they, yeah, they're, they're making the older guys sit out and the younger guys play. <laughs> yeah. So moving along then, what I mean, like, um, I'll just bring up, uh, I'll blow it up a bit. Um, who are we picking for our squads today? I mean, we've got, we've basically in about an hour's time, roughly. Um, they'll be, they'll be coming out. Um, who, who are we picking to actually start? What, what's the formations of these squads going to look like today? Let's start with Pakistan and then we'll move bring to England. Bring the squads up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm having a few technical difficulties. Sorry. <laughs> so I would there say Pakistan would go with Abid Ali, Shan Masood, yes. Azhar Ali. So that's your three. And then um, Babar Azam, Asad Shafiq. I would like to see Fawad Alam at number six and Muhammad Rizwan at number seven, leaving Shadab Khan out. And then Yasir Shah, Shaheen Shah Afridi, Muhammad Abbas. Um, yeah, again, like with Taron, I would. Either Nasim Shah or Shaheen Shah Afridi, and I will leave one of them. I will probably risk one of them and get Sohail Khan in, just because he can he can reverse the ball, and then on the other hand, he can he's a way better number nine as well. And with the back, Shaheen Shaheen Afridi has something about him. He's got heart. I like I like Shaheen Shaheen Afridi. He looks like he's I don't know if it's a Peshawar thing. He's he looks like he's a Patan, and he just. <laughs> You know, like his the facial features show that he's a Patan and obviously the you, the the fighters and the warriors. You, oh, that's so the I as well. uh, he, he, he doesn't <laughs> convince me. He's like a shorter stature. But, uh, <laughs> well, Soil Khan is Patan. That helps. Oh, okay. Then pick him. <laughs> 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 so basically, we're picking all the fast bowlers of Patan. So is that how Pakistan picking their team? Uh, oh, yes, it is Patan. But apart from Abbas, yeah, the other three are. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like Shin Shahin and just looks like he's got fight about him. He's a like he's looked really tough. And he's a left armer, so that brings you yeah. a different sort of dimension as well. I think Shai um, is too early in my mind. Just just too early. It's a classic Asian system. Or see a bit of potential, pick him and throw him out there. But yeah, burn them out. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. so as a seventeen-year-old, I mean. How much right. workload can you put on? Oh, yeah, seventeen-year-old. Uh, how much workload can you put on a seventeen-year-old? I mean, it's at a it's at a high level, isn't it as well? Yeah, he's a strong oh, lad definitely. though. Like Nassim, uh, he had injuries early on, like you know when he was like under sixteens. But he's, he's a strong <laughs> lad. But I would risk him. I would risk he, him. Put it this way: if he was playing school cricket in New Zealand, he would be allowed to bowl only six over spells. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true, and he has to play with his own just, age group as well. Just one more thing: there is a, there is a, um, I would say, outside chance of um, them picking up the left arm, left arm spinner who can bat. That's a, is he a good batter? Well, he's number eight, number seven. But again, like if Shadab can is batting at seven, so he's got two first class hundreds. So. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I, I like what you're saying, but I think I think the on, the only way they would leave Shadab Khan out is if it's for a more of an That's established right. batter, which yeah. is Fawad. And Fawad Alam has more than enough. Like I'd love to see his white ball international record with the ball. It will be much better than the, some cricketers playing currently. It's very decent. Like he's not. A shabby. He's no. He's better than Azrali. Put it that way. With the ball. Yeah. 
So but I think I'm necessarily, Misbah has found every reason not to play Fawad Alam. So what I'm yeah. saying is, if he's found one more reason not to play him, that could be getting the Kashif Patti, the left arm spinner in, at num- and bat him at number seven. But let's say... And, and, and say if, yeah, whatever the reasons um, Misbah has, I'm sure they're genuine, but if you can't put that to the side and give the right people the right opportunities at the right time, then you know, you stand to lose in the long run. So I hope Howard Allen plays. I think, yeah. He did get out to a full toss when I bowled him. So if you're in, you a full toss, he'll get out. Full toss from you. Caught and bowled. Caught and bowled. So. It was all part of the plan. It was in the plan. No, all right. If you've got a you know it's a wicket-taking ball. So I don't have to say that. Right, so we're moving yeah. along to England, and um, basically, I suppose it's really just who's coming in for Ben Stokes, or would you make other changes? Taz will bring in um, anyone but Don Bess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, uh, obviously, if he's the only spinner in the squad, then you have no other option, you know? Um, yeah. But um, I think if it's. Uh, that's a good swap, whoever put it, Jofra uh, Archer or Mark Wood. So it's like like for like replacement. Uh, yeah. Not like for like in terms of height, but like, you know, they're obviously 90 plus miles both. Yeah. Speed. Um, and you but, don't want to risk Jimmy Anderson. If you do, that's probably he's played his last test, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, no, well, no, I don't know. Because if you go back to the first test match against West Indies, they played Jofra, Mark Wood, and James Hansen. It's a classic ploy from a guy who's a rookie captain trying to impose himself on a team by making a change, right? By going for gas. I'm all about all about attack. We're going for pace. We're going for fire. All that carry on. Not experience and knowledge and skill. Went for out and out gas. Blue literally hit them in the face. In comes Stuart Broad, Winston Matissius. So, and Mark Wood and Joffre Archer, to my mind, Joffre Archer looks like a natural back of a length is just going to go over your heart every time. Mark Wood is more of your slingier push Skinny. kind of guy. Yeah, and he's almost, if if he was with a couple of Pakistani coaches, he'd be a fantastic river swing bowler. Yeah. It gives you that impression, you know, like that action. Yeah, he's got that action at his stop and then, then you know, If bowls. he played a couple of seasons in Pakistan and learned the trade, he'd be amazing with the old ball. Is the impression he will give you. And he'd, and I don't think he'll ever get his wrist strong enough to actually maximize uh, half-decent cricket um, new ball because he's more gas-paced than yeah, actually. The thing is, like, he's sort of a guy who would who would get a lot of LBs, especially with Pakistan, yeah. half the team struggling with their footwork, you know? Yeah, and that's where he would just push into it. Archer, Archer has to pitch really full, whereas even a good length ball from um, someone like Mark Wood would still hit the pads and still hitting the stumps, you know? So, I mean... Yeah. I mean, we've got, um, I think, three three dismissals in, in last last game, but you can just see lack of footwork, you know, yeah. and just hit the pads. Nothing in the ball, just, you know. Is the, is the lack of footwork they're on the move or is it because they're sitting back and they're late on the full one? I mean, I think most of these guys are taking league stump or middle and league guard. Yeah, and, and they're, they're on trying the move. to sort of, Shuffle. Sort of cover the outswing and trying to avoid the out, like sort of outside edge, and just yeah. I think just overbalancing it. That's what I see. What would you do? So what would you do there? Would you take middle stump and do a nice short shuffle, or would you take off stump? 
you could probably do two things. Either you stand a little bit outside the crease, so the ball's hitting to on middle will probably end up going down the lead. Or you like like you can open up a little bit and that, that obviously creates chances of outside edge. So if Azarelli opens up, he won't get LB, but he might still get a nick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I mean if you open up a little some someone like Azarelli either open up a little bit and sort of know where his off stump is and just, you know, mm. sort of but I mean if he's standing the way he is, he will get hit on the pad and he will get LB again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think they'll probably risk Archer if they risk anyone, though. But I don't think they should, because I think he's also trying to kind of earn a stripe at the moment. There's a bit of pressure on him. Um, but yeah, I don't I'm sort of thinking that they've seemed to basically, since that first test, they've basically run with the same bowling lineup after, yeah. uh, what, four, four, three tests in a row, haven't they? Two yeah, weeks, so last two weeks, we still Maybe they probably do need to give Archer a break. Yeah, and then get Mark Wood in. Or I really, really want to see Sam Curran because uh, swing bowler, and with yeah. the way you know he does bring it in as well, and the way Pakistan batsmen are like you know the footwork is a little bit dodgy. I think he's he's not quick, but he he does a job with the bo- with the ball and and bat as well. If you treat him, if you treat him like slow throwdowns, you will not get out of. <laughs> If your hands, if you can hold your hands and they can't get in front of you, you'll score against them. Like in the Indians as well, they got drawn out, out because yeah. he's so much more s- slower than the rest. Slower, yes. Yeah, so they he just drew their hands further out. He would be ah, ep- oh, I'm sure he'd be he'd prove me wrong, but um, he would be different person with a kookaburra red ball. Because he won't have the same shape with the ball. Same shape, that's true, yeah. You know, so he would literally be like, dish me up, throw down for those guys. But he draws their hands forward. They're used to kind of playing, 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 and bang, hands go forward. But he will make you a really good number eight as well in, in terms of the bat. So He, hit the ball, eh? he played for, yeah. when I was with the Aces, he played for us. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it was really good. Great, fantastic ball striker. Great skill set with the wide ball, actually. Yeah, really good change-ups, but yeah, yeah, amazing. I forgot amazing whether it was player. Sam or Tom that came over. No, so it was Sam, Sam that played for Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So you now, probably I, will make one change, for, for Crawley for Stokes, and then yeah. maybe resting Archer for... Archer, yeah, Archer for Wood. But I, yeah, I, can't, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Is it There's going a lot to, of rain expected in this game as well. I was though. just going to bring that up. So I've just got that in the background ready. So basically, the whole whole test match, um, there's threats of thunder sh- th- uh, showers with thunderstorms um, around. So it could be a pretty wet test. And when we look at those um, percentages, especially in the last last days of the test, 70, 80, 80% uh, chance of some form of precipitation. So... Uh, the chances of a completed test um, don't look good at this point. In saying that, we had very similar forecasts for the West Indies series as well, and they actually got through the, apart from, say, like the first day. First day always seems to start late, doesn't it? <laughs> and then they seem to be able to get through the test. So fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed on the weather. It is It is mid-August in England, though, so you'd like to think that it'll be better than it 
shows. England, I predicted. think England's predicted where there's almost like this, this standard and they'll just work with it as they I get. Mean, last yeah. week, they had a heat wave in that certain yep. part of England. So I guess like, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, it won't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be like that. Well, yeah, as I said, um, that's the forecast we used to see when we did the previews for the West Indies tests as well. And then, yeah, as I said, I don't think we've had a test so far this English summer um, that's actually started. The first day started at COVID 10 o'clock. <laughs> so uh, hopefully maybe today they'll get play started and we won't have the interruptions that are predicted and we do get a full test, full, full five or enough time played to get a result in this one. Look, um, is it, we always run over time. That's just the way our show runs. And um, we've sort of... Uh, actually, before we move on from the game, a prediction, obviously. What are we What are we looking at? Turn. <laughs> well, based on the forecast, a draw. <laughs> um, you, got, you got a lazy five to put down. I'll, I'll take a draw... Um, in favour of Pakistan, I like. I always back the underdogs. I Pakistan is a bit like the West Indies. It's quite really awesome to watch when they're on song, but really mm. poor to watch when they're not. So, yep. it will be entertaining cricket, very much like the West Indies. So yeah, I'll Taz, take a draw in Pakistan's favour. Tez, you got your green shirt on. What are you picking? Oh look, I mean, like I'll go with my heart and say Pakistan. <laughs> But logical reason behind that is like England's top five struggled in both innings. Yes. So um, you, you you won't expect Butler or like you know Wokes to do it every single game, you know. Mm. So and they struggle in both innings and and now Stokes is out. So I would back Pakistan to come back come stronger into this game and uh, hopefully a win. I don't know yep. what punters say, but I, I assume that England would be favourites. But um, yep. yeah, I would back Pakistan to win this game. If they play for Wadalam. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, um, it's Pakistan's Independence Day today. So my friends who are watching, so happy Independence Day to Pakistanis. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, shout out to all those. And I uh, hope you're uh, is enjoying your celebrations, whatever they may be. The 14th? I thought it was the 14th of August. It is 14th of August today. It's 13th. 13th. Oh, for tomorrow then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have born in India and I know the independence. <laughs> no, it is 14th and then India is 15th. Yeah, that's how I knew it was one day before. 1947, eh? Oh, 46. 46 or 47? 47. 47. Yes, that yeah. is for tomorrow. One day before. Yeah, yeah. Look, as, as I mentioned before, we always run over time, but um, we talked about um, in the birthdays, one of the, the birthday for one of the greats of fast bowling today in Shah Bakhtar. So um, even though we've run over time, we'll have a quick run over and look at Shah Bakhtar. And um, as, as Tosu said, you actually got to face him in the nets. And, um, you know, when we look at um, what he achieved, even with all the bad boy image and everything that went on, fantastic international player, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, for someone like, like him bowling at the pace he did, and playing 46 test matches, that's a lot, to be honest. You know, <laughs> uh, The amount of injuries he was carrying and the amount of times he broke down, he had surgeries. And like it's just amazing that he managed to play 46 test matches because um, come today, someone like him probably would play four or five test matches and then just, you know, don't play red ball cricket and just play white ball cricket and play longer. 
Yep. So I think he he did play with. I mean, he was wholeheartedly playing for Pakistan. And um, to me, I think um, although it's only 178 wickets, but he was an impact bowler. Um, yes. He like he's sort of a bowler where track doesn't matter. So if it's a slow track or a fast track or a seeming track, on song he will take wickets. Tarrant. That's a great record. That's a great record. Like I know you said it's only 178, but look at that bowling average, eh? And he's yeah, played he most of the test matches in Asia. You know, or he would have. I remember, I think, I remember, I'm pretty sure it's his first test. His first test was in 95 against South Africa, wasn't it? No, he first test, test was in Rawalpindi in um, in Pakistan. The same test match, I think, uh, where, uh, no, he played against West Indies in 97. Yeah, West Indies, uh, December 3rd, 1997. Yeah, yeah. Rawalpindi. And yeah. when did he play South Africa? Was it the next After test? After that series, yeah. He took a five I remember watching that. Yeah, I, that was the first time I saw him, and it just looked scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like I saw some. I saw some images today. Photo shots. They were his Yorkers were just you know amazing. And they sent the book. You know, just, not just middle stump, but all three stumps would be going all over the place. I, my, I had the great privilege of um, pushing the side screens as a youngster with Ed Eden Park. Yep. And I think it was. Uh, what was the year that um, Javed Mehandat's nephew played here? Oh, he was on tour. Yeah, and Mohammed Sami was on his first tour as well. Yes. So he yeah. was there. That series, I was a net bowler plus I was a um, thing pusher, side screen pusher. Side screen pusher. So, I, yeah, and anyway, um, it was – I still remember that to this day, the New Zealand boys were still in their back left and the wickets just – Bang, bang. It was just like cartwheeling with the Yorkers all the time. And then we'd gone to this test match and Saklane finished it off. And it was Shobh and Saklane finished it off. Um, first session of day five. And it was all over. <laughs> it was awesome. And and the, when it was running in, it was literally at the other end of the field. When he's running, where we where I was standing, I was like, okay, there he is. He's about five meters. I could throw a ball and I'd hit him. That's how close he was with his run up. It was so awesome to watch close up. Yeah, I mean, that was the interesting thing. I mean, he came in and his, as you said, his run up basically pushing off the pickets again because over time, you know, I grew up um, watching bowlers pushing off every bowler, fast bowler pushed off the pickets. You know, he had the West Indian quartet. You had the back here. You had Richard Hadley. He was starting off the boundary, and and but over time they all started to basically shorten it up, so they were running in no more than the thirty meter circle. Um, and then you had back to come turn up again, and here he is again, basically running from, you know, from the, the from is, the roadside. He was a big unit as well. Like he was a mm. he had a lot of muscle, and he was a big unit. Like someone like Waka Yunus back in the day was a slim guy who can just look. I mean. When actor was running in, it was almost like he was laboring. It was like you know, you can just see that he he's carrying injuries, but he's still he he was just he just never shortened his run up. Like you know, apart from a couple of occasions, but you know that um series that they had the Warren versus Tendulkar in America in the baseball grounds yeah. of the His run up was the same over there. <laughs> he was still bowling fast. I mean, if anyone's listening, look up those videos. He's bowling. So quick, it's like scary quick, and you hear the batters commentating on oh, shit, that's quick. And apparently, somebody said, Oh, he's 
It's other than his knees that have given out. He feels just as fit, just as fast. His knees are just cooked. Yeah. But um, is it true, Taz? Um, oh, this is a great rumor. You know, it's like a nice um, myth. Apparently, he ate two or even three biryanis on a plane ride. Like, literally, that's how much he used to eat, not one. You know, normal people share one between two people. <laughs> not, not, not too short. Now, I haven't heard this, this rumor. <laughs> I know, obviously, for me, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Look how strong he is. That's the food equivalent. That's the food equivalent of David Boone eating he, um, he, how he many was, cans. He was flat-footed as a, as a kid. So, he kind yeah. of, he, I think he's still flat-footed. So, like... From from being what who he was, like you know, obviously he struggled with walking and stuff. Um, to to become a fast bowler and then bowl with that much aggression, with that much run up and everything, it's just amazing. Um, as I said, like you know, so someone like Stuart Broad is what five hundred Test wickets. Yeah. So like in comparison, obviously the numbers that the wickets are not that high, but his strike rate forty five, it's amazing strike rate average mm. twenty five, awesome for a fast bowler, especially if you're playing in subcontinent. Mm. Yeah, look at that. Five was intense. I think the impact he had was far greater. Yeah. And he hasn't played as many test matches either. 46, as, so that's what? probably more than Shane Bond. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just made a guess. I'm not too sure, but I think yeah, it's similar. Oh, that's a good guess, yeah. Hey, look, guys, I suppose um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I mean, like the old, um, we'll sort of like get ourselves sorted and um, in front of a screen somewhere so we can see the start of um, the the second test at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton at, between England and Pakistan, which we've just been talking about. Thanks, guys, for being on the show again. Really appreciate it. I'm just blown away at the amount of knowledge that both of you have um, about the players and everything um, and, and to be able to talk about it uh, sort of inform our audience has been fantastic. So thanks again, once again, for um, being on the show again this week. And uh, we look forward to hopefully with lockdown, the one of the benefits, if we're looking for benefits out of lockdown, we can get both of you back on again next week to review that second <laughs> test as well. So thanks, yes, guys. Thanks, and, thanks. Uh, th so thank you to everybody out there watching the show today. And hopefully you've got something out of that and enjoyed the content that we've provided to you here on New Zealand Sports Radio on Swinging from the Hips. Remember, New Zealand Sports Radio bringing you shows every day of the week. That's like Monday, we've got our um, rugby show. Tuesday, there's a basketball show. It's the first basketball show was this Tuesday that we had it. Wednesday nights, we've got the standoff, which is your league roundup. Obviously, Thursday nights is the best week uh, day of the week with Swinging from the Hips. And then Friday and Sunday, we've got the roundup, the review and previews of Super Rugby, although that might be a bit truncated this week. So, again, thank you for watching New Zealand Sport Radio. Make sure you tune in and make sure you share the videos that, so that we can get out to more and more people. Make sure you tune in every morning at 7 a.m. to the morning sports briefing. And we'll see you back here Thursday, 8 p.m. on Swinging from the Hip right or here on New Zealand Sport Radio for your cricketing fix. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.